You're listening to Fanholes, a podcast for fans by the fans. Secret Brothers. I have clinical. You guys are like wasting my time right now. Hey, baby. What's <laughs> going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those at? I need one. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I didn't invent honorable mentions, mister. <laughs> I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. I'm a woman! <laughs> it is our show. It's called Fan Holes, not, you know, what you guys want. <laughs> <laughs> We do a podcast? What the fuck? Rangers, we have got a new development on the motherfucking morphing grid. There's a fucking podcast being put out by the fan holes about a new Power Rangers short film. I need you all to fucking get together right fucking now. Because if we don't fucking do this shit right now, the fucking morphing grid will go to fucking shit. Alpha, tell me what's going on. Ay ay ay! Bulk and fucking Skull are totally on meth, and they're totally fucking up Angel Grove. Fan holes, you've got to get together before they destroy the fucking recording studio. Ay ay fucking yay! You got it, Alpha. Come on, guys, it's podcast time! The Renaissance! Triceratops! Mastodon! Oh man, pterodactyl! No, come on, I got fine. Saber to a tiger! Now and forever, they'll be known as the Fanholes, a pop culture podcast made by the fans and for the fans. All right, let's go, podcast team! Hey guys, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC from Fanholes Podcast. We're just doing a quick and down and dirty podcast that we're going to be releasing to you almost immediately because the internet is all ablaze. It's all a buzz. It hasn't been broken yet, but it's going crazy with the buzz that is coming hot off the press from this Power Rangers bootleg fan film. And I thought it might be kind of fun if we just sat down for a few minutes and sort of discussed all the craziness that happened since it's been released, and maybe kind of, you know, what our quick down-and-dirty takes on it were. And like I said, this is Derek, Derek WC, joining you tonight, and I am joined by two of my fellow fan holes. Why don't you guys give a shout-out, and then we'll get right into it. It's Mike, and I'm super serious. Hey guys, this is Tony. I want to fucking talk about this fucking thing we just fucking watched. You shut the fuck up. No. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're, we're totally talking about <laughs> how Rangers bootleg, which th- this actually comes from, it, it's essentially a high-budget Hollywood-made fan film, even though the guy will try to say that it has nothing to do with the Hollywood system. But th- this is produced by an Indian gentleman named Adi Shankar. And basically what he's famous for, I guess on the Internet, 
He's famous for doing the Punisher Dirty Laundry short. He's famous for doing the Truth in Journalism short that basically the, the, the twist ending is that it's actually Venom from Amazing Spider-Man. He's done a couple shorts on Judge Dredd that are actually animated. But he's actually a legitimate Hollywood producer as well. And he's got credits. Like, when, when I was reading about it, it was like, from the guy who brought you, uh, what was it? I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, American Sniper. And I was like, oh, this is the, and I'm like, I thought Clint Eastwood directed American Sniper. And then when I looked at it, I realized, like, oh, he's a producer. So he obviously put up all the money for, you know, like, he puts up the money for these movies. That's what these guys do. And so he's a producer. Yeah. I mean, obviously he's an idea guy because he wrote up this little Power Rangers bootleg, you know, pitch. Um, you know, we'll put in the clip of of why uh, the producer decided to make this. But I just want to preface it. Well, actually, we'll put in the clip right here. When I was a child, I had two favorite TV shows. The first was the X-Men animated series. For the record, if you don't like the X-Men animated series, I don't like you. And I'm not talking about fucking X-Men Evolution. Although that one was pretty cool too. And the second one was the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I fucking love that shit. But here's the thing, I always wanted to be a Power Ranger until I realized that these are high school students being recruited by, by this intergalactic figure in a tube, which is fucking weird, uh, called Sordon. They're made to fight this, again, this intergalactic war that, that, that they really have nothing to do with. How is that any different from child soldiers, man? That's like super fucked up. They've done nothing but suck the blood from this country. But you are the heroes who will save this nation. You're not children anymore. You're men. Child soldiers. Then what happens to child soldiers? Well, they didn't focus on school because they're too busy, like, judo-chopping and fucking spin-kicking monsters. So, you know, they probably didn't get into good colleges and stuff, but, you know, who cares about that? Relationships, oh my, that shit goes out the window. I mean, how, how do you explain yourself to another? Well, you know, I was actually saving the world every day. This person named Rita Repulsa, she was on the moon and she was like throwing shit and there was like Lord Zed and he was all like red and had a fucking brain sticking out of his head. Do you think being uncomfortable to have a fucking brain sticking? Whatever. And they're gonna have PTSD. They're straight up gonna have fucking PTSD and they're gonna live the most fucked up lives. So with that thought that I had when I was uh, a little child, comes to you the next bootleg universe short. Comes the next bootleg universe bootleg. I like the sound of that, the bootleg universe bootleg. Just so that we're perfectly clear, uh, I love Katie Sackhoff. She's a good friend of mine. But Katie was not the first choice to play the Pink Ranger. Orlando Bloom was. Unfortunately, uh, my director, Joseph Kahn, felt that when an individual such as Orlando Bloom sucker punches a, a teenager and completely misses, it disqualifies them in perpetuity from the action-adventure genre. This is something that I do not agree with. I think punching teenagers and totally missing uh, them with your fist uh, is totally cool. In fact, it makes you uh, cooler in a lot of ways. They weren't looking and you missed. And what's cooler than completely missing with your fist and connecting with the air? The air might have had Bieber fever and you knocked the Bieber fever right out of the air with your fist. Orlando, I'm on your side. Joseph Kahn, I, just, I, I, I can't say enough good things about Joseph Kahn. Why is he not doing big budget Blockbusters. The fact that Joseph Kahn hasn't made a big blockbuster every couple years, the last 10 years, is uh, 
It's, it's, it, it, I don't want to say it's a travesty, but it is a fucking travesty. So I'm saying it's a travesty. I need to reiterate this uh, because every time I do one of these fucking bootlegs, it, it ends up becoming this new story that I'm doing some sort of pitch. This is not a pitch. Dirty Laundry was not a pitch. Truth in Journalism is not a pitch. Even Superfiend, which I, where I was bootlegging myself, is not, was not, and cannot, and will not be a pitch. So without further ado, and I'm sure you guys all want me to shut the fuck up now, or maybe you don't, maybe you like seeing my face and I'm gonna be the next. Oh, I can't dig at Orlando anymore. I'm kidding, I could totally dig. I could dig at this guy for hours. So without further ado, comes my bootleg of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, starring my best friend in the world, Top 15, James Vanderbeek, and Katie Sackhoff. Enjoy. Oh yeah, and Joseph Kahn directed it. It's Morphin Time, bitches. If a time traveler came and made me do it, I, I would lose any two movies, I don't give a shit. Except for Dread, I would never lose Dread. Because I feel like I have credibility because of Dread. And then, if you take off Dread, then you take off Superfiend, because Superfiend is bootlegging Dread. Okay, so now that you listen to this crazy guy talk about basically how this Power Rangers bootleg short that he's made is not a pitch, and of course then he proceeds to pitch it and tells you to watch it, and don't forget to go to his website, and don't forget to watch all his other pitches that aren't actually pitches, you know, so, so basically after he does all that, like, he, you know, basically you go and watch this Power Rangers bootleg short. And it is obviously, I mean, you know, my, my quick take on it is it, it, it kind of reminds me of like when all the Star Trek nerds freaked out over the JJ Abrams reboot and everybody who had been reading comics for the last, you know, 30 or 40 years was like, hello, we've all done this with like crisis. And, you know, we, we've all been through the reboot before. Like we, we, we knew that pain many, many years ago. And I kind of feel the same way because, you know, even a lot of the reviews and, and responses that have come out of fans that have watched this, and even if they've been really, really positive about it, it's kind of compared to Watchmen. And I feel like, yeah, comic nerds have kind of done this before with Watchmen. And I mean, I, I, yeah, I give the guy a lot of shit about, you know, his pitch that's not a pitch. But if you actually read the fine print, which he probably should have said in that video, he does talk about how his goal is to do it outside of the Hollywood system, and he feels that it's creatively freeing, you know? And, and I mean, I can appreciate that, but, you know, then, you know, there's also arguments from other folks, you know, where they think that it's not only for adults, you know, that, that you know, there's also the arguments that, you know, not that they're just for kids, essentially, but there's the kind of argument that the characters are timeless, you know, and, and you don't, that it doesn't always have to be grim and gritty, you know, like basically when Alan Moore wrote Watchmen, he took a bunch of Charlton characters and he broke them. Like he killed them all basically. And, you know, this short that we're about to discuss, it's taking all the Power Ranger characters and basically pretty much murdering all of them, you know? So, so I could see why some people might have a negative reaction to it, too, besides thinking, oh, this is a really cool, groundbreaking adult look at the Power Rangers. I think the way DC Comics got around not 
you know, quote unquote, breaking these Charlton characters they just paid a lot of money for was they had more make up a bunch of new characters that were basically analogs, you know. So, you know, maybe if this had been called like Laser Marines and it was just all the same ideas and characters, then, you know, Haim Saban's panties wouldn't have been in a bunch and they wouldn't have tried to get it pulled off of YouTube and and Vimeo and all this other stuff. And, uh, you know, it was a really great, like, setup for a sequel for uh, uh, Starship Troopers. (laughs) So, so, yeah, I mean, let's 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 play uh, Jason David Frank's response to the video here. Hey, guys, it's Jason David Frank, and uh, I know a lot of you guys are asking me if I've seen the fan movie. A couple things. This is just my opinion. All right. Um, number one, I was approached, I think, year, year and a half ago by the guy to, to you know, be in the film. And uh, there was a lot of fan films going on, right? Then and there, me and Aaron and Bat and the Sun were working on the Green Ranger project. And we were working on future stuff like the Green Ranger beatdown and all that. I heard the storyline. Ah, man, guys, look, I know there's a lot of fans out there that love it and all that stuff, but I'm just a PG-13 guy. Like, the cuss words, the drugs, the all this other stuff, um, it doesn't fly with me. And the only reason, let me explain before you all just start jumping the gun here. Uh, everybody loves Power Rangers, I get it. The problem is that they're still connected with adults and kids. The Super Mega Force and the Power Rangers Dino Charge is still on Nickelodeon, so you can't take a brand like this and reboot it so dark and gritty um, because you're not separating the, the you know, it's great. The adults love it. Like, hey, man, that, that's our show when we were a kid and we deserve something like that. But then you got to fall back to the kids. You still have the kids that want to watch Power Rangers. And I, there's no way I can watch that movie with Jenna sitting right next to me. I mean, our inner geek inside is like, yes, it's what we wanted. You know, we're all grown up now. But at the same time, we have to be responsible and know that this still is a kid's brand. I know you guys, I'm 41 and you're all probably thinking I'm talking like I'm an old person. But I'm just, I'm just talking the truth. So um, do I like the film? Uh, here's my thing. I want to be in the real Power Ranger movie. You know what I mean? So Lionsgate, let's get this stuff going. I want to be in the in the real movie. I've saved my character for so long, um, and I, when I when I bring my character out, like in the in the movies or something like that, I, I want it to be legit, and I want it to be a Saban blessing approved project. The Green Ranger beatdown versus Ryu with Bat in the Sun that is Saban approved, so you have nothing to worry about there. And it's going to be awesome. You think this is awesome? Wait until you see the fight scenes. Um, on top of that, Lionsgate movie, you know, we'll see what goes on. And, uh, you know, got to have Tommy in the movie, man. Come on. You know what I mean? So you guys, uh, you know, that's just my opinion. Everyone's asking me. Yes, I, I did hear about the movie. They offered me the role. No, I don't feel bad for not taking it. Um, do I know the people in the movie? Yes, I know those actors. Um, I just... Uh, you know, saw sock off the girl who plays uh, Kimberly two weekends ago. Um, but you didn't say nothing to me, so I'm a little disappointed on that. I didn't know she was doing it. But um, other than that, that's just my opinion. Love it. Hate it. Doesn't really matter because this is my page. Okay, and so obviously Jason David Frank is not a fan of it. You know, maybe maybe it's because he has his own competitive videos coming in the works. Like, I, I know, uh, you know, I, I had asked August 
or I think somebody had asked August Rangone on Facebook, like what he thought of this short. And then, you know, the, the response was generally like, oh, it's kind of like David, da- uh, Jason David Frank shorts, you know, basically kind of insinuating, well, they're all not officially licensed and they all are probably trying to be more adult than you would think the Power Rangers would be. Um, but now that we've kind of got all those clips out of the way and kind of setting up the framework for this this short, I mean, it, you know, the long and short of it is it's set in this dystopian future. Uh, you've got Rocky from the Power Rangers, who was the second Red Ranger. He's now working for the Machine Empire, which were the villains from Power Rangers Zeo, right? And then, and then basically Rocky is played by my man, James Vanderbeek from Dawson's Creek. That's probably, yes. the, one, that, that's probably yes. the one thing. That's right, uh, Derek. How, how do you say his name? The Beak. The, the Beak. Beak. That's yeah. I'm uh, sorry. That's probably the one thing I'd fanboy out about is that the Beak is now a Power Ranger. I think that's awesome. Um, you know, I, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I, I always wanted them to make a shot-for-shot remake of the 1989 Batman with the cast of Dawson's Creek, and Vanderbeek would be the Joker, and then the rest of it. <laughs> that's that's how crazy a fanatical fan I am about the beak and everything. So, so I was pretty excited about this. I, I know I'm probably in the minority about that part of it, but that did get me excited. I know other people were excited about, you know, kind of the, the, the adult look, you know, the way, obviously you've heard his pitch, how he's trying to present it as, you know, uh, you know, teen, you know, militaristic heroes. They're fighting a war. They didn't choose to fight and they all have PTSD and all this other, you know, bullshit. But, you know, obviously, they, they, you know, most people who have seen the, the short were attracted to the kind of the more adult feel to it. And obviously, it got tons and tons of views, you know, at some point, which I don't know if you guys know this or not. I know Mike mentioned it, so I'll just bring it up. But at some point, they pulled it from Vimeo, and then they pulled it from YouTube, and now it's back. But, you know, Haim Saban, you know, freaked out and did a cease and desist and all this kind of stuff. And it was funny. He was on, you know, the the producer, A.D. Shankar, was on talking about, I think it was like Huffington Post or something. And it was like, I think it's an online talk show because he kept saying bullshit. So I can't imagine it's like a Saturday, you know, it's it's not like a weekly morning talk show where he gets bleeped out every five minutes or whatever. But, you know, it, yeah. it, it it seemed like to me, like, I mean, the, the guy is kind of coming from the same pretentious school that, um, what, what's that guy's name, Mike? The, um, uh, I, I was thinking about the guy who did the Batman pitch, yeah. Yeah, yeah, not Batman, it was Superman, but, uh. Superman. So, uh what's his name? Um, uh, Why can't oh, I no, think I of his name? Yeah, I can't think of it either. Anyway, he's not, he's not important enough. Oh, but they, uh, they Bro- Brooks, uh, what, what's, is it something Brooks, nah. uh. It was it was somebody's no, no. kid. It was it yeah. was like, I, I anyway. I should, I should really remember this because I did a whole like parody of. Yeah, we did the whole parody video. It, it doesn't matter, but they they come from that same school of everything's extreme. And I grew up in the '90s, and it was like everything was super cool and grim and gritty. And oh, they uh, they Max, basically Max Landis. Yes, Max What's Landis. This? So 
So it, it, it seems like him and Max Landis come from that same school. The only difference is Max Landis just filmed himself pitching, uh, you know, a comic story that could have been adapted into a movie type thing. And this guy, not only did he film himself talking about it for 10 minutes, he also went and got this guy, Joseph Kahn, to direct it. He apparently is good buddies with The Beak, so he got James Vanderbeek and Katie Sackhoff from the Battlestar Galactica reboot to star in it. And, you know, despite any of my feelings about the Battlestar Galactica reboot, I mean, that, that gives him a lot of, uh, you know, fan cred in some sense. You know, he's got these these name, you know, to, to certain groups. I mean, obviously I'm excited about James Vanderbeek, and some people, they'd probably be really excited about Katie Sackhoff. So there's got to be some element to it where people are like, ooh, that's really cool. <laughs> He threw a little bit of cred in this with that. That's what he was trying to do, yeah. He was trying to go for it. I mean, you know, even in the, the, the Jason David Frank clip that we played, I mean, he basically says he was approached to play Tommy even though he wasn't in it, you know? So, you know, I don't know. You, you can, you know, agree or you can disagree with his thoughts on it, but, I mean, it is it is kind of interesting. Um, you know, I, I I mean, I don't know. I I, I feel like I'm I'm kind of... Uh, poser if I say I hated it because I don't I don't hate it like but at the same time like I can see both points of view I can see why Watchmen is a game changer in comics and is the coolest thing ever and I can also see why it's the worst thing that ever fucking happened to comics because after that everybody tried to fucking copy it and it basically, you know, quote unquote, ruined comics for little kids, you know, and, and you could, you know, make the same argument here that if adults take away something that is essentially for young kids, you know, it, it's, you know, I think people forget that just because you're an adult and you stopped watching Power Rangers at some point, it's still on the fucking air. Little kids are still watching it now. So, you know, you don't That's want some little kids. You know, you don't you don't want some little kid to accidentally click on it and be like, oh, my God, you know, people are getting their heads blown off or whatever. But, um, you know, I, I I guess we're trying to make this as quick as possible. So I'll go to Mike and ask him, like, what were your quick thoughts on the Power Rangers bootleg video? I, I was very impressed with, like, the production values. Like, it, obviously, there was a lot of money that went into it. And, like, you know, I thought it was well shot. And, like, you know, like yeah, like I, like you, I would I would have to – I'd be lying if, like, I, I didn't say I wasn't, like, impressed on some level. And, like, I wasn't even – like, I'd be lying if I wasn't even – if I said, like, I wasn't even interested on some level. But at the same time, I mean, like – like it was so friggin' like grim and serious that I it, it it elicited laughs from me. Like when when like I I was joking with you guys earlier, but it was like why did Bulk and Skull like betray us? Like because the Machine Empire had better men. And I was like, oh my! Like I literally like when I saw that it was Bulk and Skull that killed Jason, I I was laughing. Like I, that, that was. Obviously not the response the movie should have elicited. Like now, that. now I'll, I'll bring this up real quick because obviously, if you haven't seen the short, go see the damn short already. But you know, obviously this is going to be filled with spoilers. But jumping ahead, way ahead to the twist ending, the M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong twist, Katie Sackhoff plays Kimberly, 
and, you know, Kimberly is being interrogated by Rocky, and they're trying to learn the location of Tommy. Like, where is Tommy, the coolest ranger ever? Like, because obviously he's off the grid, and he's super cool, and nobody can find him. Um, and so, as he's interrogating her, they go through all these story points. Now, realize that the intel that Rocky is getting for the Machine Empire all comes from Kimberly, who we find out at the very end is not Kimberly. She's actually Rita in disguise. And then, you know, Tommy's got his Rita and goes to Slasher, and then they, you know, cut to black, basically. Now, you could conceivably argue that everything that came out of Rita's mouth is complete and utter bullshit, right? Like, maybe, I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I guess, you know, maybe Rocky has to co collaborate it with some kind of Machine Empire database, so maybe some of it's true, but you could conceivably argue that maybe <laughs> maybe they weren't Mets heads because, obviously, Rita is the one who really killed Jason, right? So maybe Bulk and Skull are still nice guys. <laughs> and they didn't drown. It, one of them didn't drown in a bathtub or whatever. No. Right, right. It was it was actually Rita <laughs> that drowned them, you know, like that or whatever, you know. So, you know, I, I don't know. Like, obviously, there's, there's lots of heavy, grim adult-type themes in it. You know, I mean, that, that part of it, I think is, you know, I, I see the point where people think it can ultimately be damaging in a way that it's unrecoverable. You know, like, you can make something so grim, gritty, and adult that eventually, you know, it's kind of like the thing of, the, the easiest example to bring up is Batman. You know, you can have a little kid watch Batman Brave and the Bold, and there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, conceivably... You could have a little kid watch Super Friends or Batman the Animated Series, and even though Batman the Animated Series is probably a little more adult, it's still, you would have to say, for all ages. You know, it, it has things that may appeal to adults, and it's also got things that certainly still appeal to the little kids and doesn't get doesn't go too far in that sense. You know, Joker's not ripping off his face and... You know, people aren't being murdered like in Silence of the Lambs and all this other stuff. You know, it's just kind of action, adventure, detective, straightforward type stuff for the most part that doesn't get too heavy. But you start going into TV shows like Gotham or, you know, the Nolan Batman movies. And, you know, at some point you probably have to turn to the little kid and be like, sorry, Jimmy, you can't stay up and watch this with daddy. This is a daddy movie, you know? And, you know, that's kind of what this short is. It's like, sorry, you know, Jimmy, you can't watch Power Rangers with Daddy. This is Daddy's Power Rangers, you know? And and then there is that element of alienation that you sort of create, you know? Well, I, I think um, I'm going to go off here on my little rant real quick. Yeah, I yeah. think one of the things that, like, people are, are not delineating, they're not, like, you know, seeing the... Uh, the uh, line is there's mature and there's adult. You said many times adult. This is a very adult take on it. There's also porn with superheroes. There's people fucking each other in like superhero costumes. That's adult. Yeah. You don't want your kids watching that. It's and then mature. there's like mature. It's not. It's not yeah, mature exactly. to see adults fucking in superhero costumes. But but it is adult and and basically you need to restrict who can watch that kind of entertainment. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and that, that's why I don't understand why people have a mature take on like, Power Rangers. I'm like, 
Not really. There's a lot of cussing, a lot of needless cussing. It's like, you know, it's like Kimberly slapped, you know, uh, you know, James Vanderbeek and was like Rocky. And it was like, you know, fuck you. Like that one line that might have been more impactful. But God, throughout this whole thing, it was just fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, shit, 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 fuck you, fuck you. It was just like it seemed very juvenile as far as like certain presentations. Uh, as far as the actual, you know, production values, I agree with Mike. It looked really cool. There was like a lot of like effort and a lot of care put into like, you know, making this look really cool. I have no problem with that. You know, Rocky with his like, you know, robotic leg, you know, uh Jason being the loner and stuff. That that's all cool. That that looks nice. You know, the Machine Empire, they obviously have influence over the uh continuity now. But when you say mature, you know, how much more mature would it have been if, like, they'd been, like, you know, like Trini. You know, they show her funeral. If they just had one ranger die and, like, acknowledge that this, like, actress died, like, so young and, like, you know, do a little bit of a shout-out and, like, Ben, she was the only ranger who died. And, you know, with Zack, you know, like, did he have to, like, cut off people's hands and legs and, like, just be all, like, you know, Billy Badass? I don't think so. You know, you brought up, uh, he's done other films, like uh, Dirty Laundry with the Punisher. The Punisher is that kind of character. He is someone who does take extreme measures. Power Rangers, you know, the whole thing about it is, is like you could tell a mature storyline. I have no problem with, like, you know, there being effects and there being outcomes that weigh on these people from being teenagers going into a war. But the thing about it is, is from the show, they weren't going into a war. They were fighting the good fight. They never said, you know, we have guns, we're shooting stuff. And they showed this in, like, the, uh, you know, first few minutes of the uh, short film. And it just, like, I'm like, this doesn't jive. You know, it doesn't, like, sync up really well. And the biggest problem I have with this is not because it's, like, you know, hyper-realistic or, like, you know, there's blood and guts. It's, like, it doesn't have the flavor of powering. That's my biggest thing is, like, there does have to be some lightheartedness, you know. Bulk and Skull being meth heads doesn't jive with me. That just seems totally for shock value. There's too much shock value for this. You know, you can tell a mature storyline without having to go for shock value. That's a that's a good way to put it, Tony. Like the the flavor, like like I think I kind of think like all the posing and like you know the the goofiness that's part of Power Rangers and like you know I, I don't know yeah it just it didn't feel like something that would have any place in some kind of retelling, like a, mature, a more mature retelling or whatever. I, I think a more honest, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, a more honest disclosure of what some of his goals are, you know, might be more revealing, you know, as a producer. I mean, yeah, it's not a pitch, but in some ways it is a pitch. It's a pitch maybe not to make money and not to, you know, uh, uh, monetize, but it is a pitch to get attention to himself. It is a pitch to kind of perpetrate his personal agenda, you know, uh, things that he believes onto an intellectual property that is known worldwide, you know? So it's like when you put those ideas onto that intellectual property and everyone who's interested in that intellectual property clicks, then you've now imparted your way of thinking onto that entire fan base. Like, it doesn't mean that all those people will agree with you, but, I mean, I think it's kind of disingenuous, you know, uh, to, to suggest that he doesn't have motives 
other than I want to be creatively free for doing it. I mean, obviously, this has created a lot of ruckus. It's created a lot of attention, not only for himself, but for, like, issues about, you know, Internet, uh, um, you know, like, it's kind of like, you know, creative property and copyright laws and and how things are perceived on the internet and you know part of me being a person who creates stuff for the internet like podcasts or videos or whatever you know a lot of us are very under the radar nobody tries to take us down or attack us per se but you know what we've been in this game a long time it's not like we haven't had videos pulled down in the past because of people making copyright claims or whatever they do. And it's like, what? It, it's kind of like to me, it's like, oh, poor baby, you got a video pulled down by YouTube? Oh, geez. Like, like how terrible. It's not like anybody else who's not in a position of power in Hollywood, whether they're white or any other color. You know, like, I, I, he was trying to make it a sort of an issue of color, like, or I guess age, too. He was saying, like, oh, the old white men in Hollywood, the old guard, like, they want to control what we watch and everything. And it's like, well, you know what? You know, me and Tony joke about it, but, you know, we're both the quote-unquote old guys on the show. And, you know, to, to most uh, people, you know, they may look at our outward appearance and decide that we're, you know, white, you know, quote-unquote, too, and and I just thought it was kind of interesting that, you know, it's like, well, you know what, we we both had videos pulled down by YouTube. So I, I don't think that's what it's about. I think it's more about, like, intellectual property and how things are perceived and everything. So, I mean, yeah, the, the type of content, you know, who they're trying to sell their intellectual property to, you know, the, the, the image of the brand, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, I appreciate he's like, really, how dare this guy get so pissed off? When for like two days he was like one of the top like viewed videos on YouTube, he made money off and, that thing. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's back on YouTube. I mean, it, you know, it's like it got taken down, but now it's back. So it's like, and then there's apparently I don't know. Did you guys watch the quote unquote edited safe for work version on YouTube? Because supposedly there's one that's not as I, I imagine maybe the language is toned down or maybe it's not as bloody. I don't know. But anyway, apparently there's there's the quote unquote safe version. Maybe see, and that's what's funny is then then you get into that point where it's like here are the comics for Jimmy when he's three years old, and here are the comics for Daddy where the Joker's face is ripped off and everybody's getting you know raped in Arkham Asylum or whatever you know. And it's like it's kind of kind of like oh that's too bad. Now there's that kind of uh, you know split you know in terms of what you can enjoy I guess. But um, I think. What it boils down for me is, like, it's not about the content as far as, like, what's presented. Like I said, I, I'm bringing up the whole adult versus mature thing again, but it's how well it's executed. I just don't think this is executed very well. Is it, like, really nice looking? Yes, it is. Is it executed well? I don't think so. The Punisher Dirty Laundry thing was executed really well. It had Thomas Jane. He had a little linchpin of, like, somebody we knew as the Punisher he is that guy who does take you, those you kind know, of risks. You know what's funny about that, though? Think of it this way. What if they made a Punisher short, and by the end of it, he gave up killing criminals and just went around handing people flowers? Like, that gets around the red tape. That gets around the creative red tape of Marvel and Disney. And you told the story you wanted to tell, that killing is wrong and giving out flowers is nice. But you know what? You've totally corrupted and destroyed the very point of Punisher. 
And he didn't do that in the yeah. Punisher short. But with the Power Rangers short, he did kind of twist it and corrupt it. And by the end of it, I mean, you know, I don't know, maybe Tommy fucking lops off Rita's head. Or maybe Rita, you know, butt rapes Tommy or whatever. I don't know. But for the most part, all the Power Rangers are fucking dead and gone. You know, and, and it is twisted and corrupted and perverts what you knew about the characters. So, yeah, from that perspective, it is kind of, you know, I mean, I, I just want to read a quote from our buddy Justin, who's not on the show, but he has seen this and, and he has expressed his thoughts on it. And I, I think this might be the best way to go out and end this. And the quote from Justin was, that was the worst, most 90s extreme bullshit thing I've ever watched. So, I just thought that'd be a good way to uh, wrap this up. And then we're not going to do an awesome thing of the week this week, but we do have some feedback. So we just wanted to read some some recent feedback that we got and get that out there on the show. Um, one of the folks that has been listening to our show recently is a guy named John. He's also known as Engineer Nerd over on the Action Figure Blues podcast. It's a great podcast with a great group of guys that like to talk about all kinds of toy collecting stuff week after week. And he actually sent me a, a PM the other day, and it was about fan holes. And he says, I just wanted to drop you guys a note saying I've been listening to and enjoying the podcast. And then he mentions our Mobile Suit Mondays spinoff show. He says... I've never watched any Gundam, so it's a bit confusing, but enjoyable. Keep it up, John. Cool. Thanks, John. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, I, like, I, think, I, I like to think we're amusing enough that even if you don't know anything about what we're talking about, we try to keep it funny and light, you know. As I said many times before, just being on the show, I've got introduced to many new things, so if we get our listeners into new things, hell yeah, awesome. Yeah, totally. So I, I just wanted to thank John. He's been he's been a strong supporter of the show, and I've talked to him quite a few times about different things. So I'm happy he enjoyed listening to the show, whether it's something that he follows or not. I did drop him a line after that and told him where he could check out some episodes of the Build Fighters on YouTube. And he also mentioned that he's in the midst of watching, like, Common Rider W and all kinds of Sentai shows. So he's he's got a bunch of stuff on his plate, but he may end up checking it out in the future. And then we got another email from a previous guest on the show, Luke Giaconetti, who also was on the Toku Thursday show where we talked about superhero Tizen Z. And he is on the Earth Destructive Directive podcast and also the Vault of Startling Horror Monster Terror podcast over on the Two True Freaks Network. And his email header is in regards to our episode recently about the new 52 Futures End specials. And he writes in, in the header, Are you serious, Batman? Are you serious? You cannot be serious. He says, That was on the line. So he says, fan holes, hey, fellas, just wanted to drop you guys a quick line after listening to your new 52 slash Future's End slash Are You Serious Batman episode. He says, I'm not reading any of the series which you guys pulled the Future's End one shots from. My DC reading at this point being down to just The Flash. But I did appreciate your discussions about the series and the new 52 in general. I'm of the same opinion as Derek. The New 52 is too often dismissed by the butthurt, quote-unquote, true fan, baby men, as crap, 
when they have not actually read any of it. The real fun for me starts when these same butthurt, quote-unquote, true fan baby men then go to great lengths to explain how the various and sundry retcons and reboots which took place after Crisis on Infinite Earths is, quote-unquote, totally different from what Flashpoint and the New 52 did. Of course, the reason inevitably is, quote, I like the post-crisis DCU, and now this new thing is different, and that scares me and makes me butthurt, wah, 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 end quote. All that having been said, I liked hearing about these three issues. Futures and Constantine sounded like a real hoot. I read a bit of Hellblazer here and there, and really enjoy the TV series. This one-shot seems right in line with how the character is being handled nowadays. As a Hawkman fan, who even has a Hawkman blog, beingcarterhall.blogspot.com, I cannot, by contractual obligation, like Green Arrow all that much. I dig Arrow, but the book itself doesn't interest me enough to pick it up. I do want to mention the Outsider Clans. They actually got seated back in Katana's short-lived solo series by Anne Nocenti, who was also one of the writers on Green Arrow before Lemire. Other than the presence of Katana, they have nothing to do with the superhero team, the Outsiders, and are, as was mentioned, more loosely, uh, uh, more a loosely knit series of martial art clans who date back to feudal-era Japan. It was interesting stuff, but it was clear that Katana cannot carry a solo title, and Nocenti's strange pacing didn't help. It did introduce an awesome Oni-style version of the Creeper, though. So I, I actually didn't know about that they were introduced in the, the Katana. I think that was when they were doing all, like, the Justice League Presents Katana, you know, Justice League Presents Vibe. And it was like, I read the Vibe one, but I didn't read the Katana one. Um, and then, uh, he goes on to say, and then there's Grayson. Never been much of a Robin or Nightwing fan, but I have to admit that the concept of this series does sound pretty cool. The issue seems a bit too clever for its own good, though, with the backward storytelling. There are some readers out there who will love everything that Dick Grayson is in because they simply love Dick Grayson, so it's hard to get a firm gauge on the relative quality of an issue of one of his titles. But you guys did a pretty no-nonsense job of that for sure. Also, I have to say the sheer idea of the KG Beast as the president of Russia is awesome. Anyway, thanks for the fun comics chat, and looking forward to more fan-holy goodness in the future, Luke. So thanks for that email, Luke, and thanks for all the feedback. I don't think Grayson is all that clever, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with him. Too, that's a good way to put it. Too clever for its own good. Yeah, yeah, so... Trying too hard, I guess, it was, is, is my idea, so... Yeah, yeah, so... Anyway, it's it's good to get feedback and hear from those guys. I, I love listening to both their shows. I love listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, and I love listening to Earth Destruction Directive. I know recently Luke did an episode about the Mysterians, which is another, like, Toho kaiju-type film and everything, and then also, uh, you know, he's still doing ongoing coverage of Shogun Warriors from Marvel Comics. So he's almost wrapped up with that series. He's got a few issues left, but he's almost done. He's he's in for the home stretch. So anyway, I enjoy uh, that series a great deal, and I enjoy Luke's coverage of it. So if you are into any of those things, like toys and, and statues and all that kind of stuff, and, and recent toy news, I'd check out the Action Figure Blues podcast with John the Engineer Nerd, 
and if you're into giant robots and Japanese monsters and all that kind of good stuff, I'd check out Earth Destruction Directive over on the Two True Freaks Network. And then also, if you dig, like, horror and, like, you know, slasher movies and all that kind of good stuff, then also check out the Vault of Startling Horror Monster Tales of Terror. Uh, Luke is a regular... Um, co-host, I guess you'd say, on, on that series as well. So I enjoy all those podcasts uh, a great deal, so check those out. And uh, this pretty much wraps up our coverage, the quick down and dirty coverage of Power Rangers bootleg. So if you're not too busy, uh, you know, doing your meth, um, check that out. Uh, I guess maybe email us what you guys think of it. You know, maybe you guys do think it's cool. I know Jan thought it was pretty cool. He seemed to think it was pretty cool. He gave it the thumbs up and everything. I know he's busy over on uh, Twitch TV doing some, some Mega Man gameplay right now, which is why he's not joining us tonight. But I know he was pretty into it. So if you're like Jan and you enjoyed it, you know, maybe you want to tell us why you liked it so much, you can email us over on Fanholes Podcast at gmail.com. You can send any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback there. And we are on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. We are on Stitcher Radio, where you can stream all our podcast goodness. Um, we've got a bunch of sideshows as well. So if you like Power Rangers, um, you may like Sentai Saturdays or Mobile Suit Mondays or Toku Thursdays or, uh, you know, any of the sideshows that we have. And, uh, you know, until then, until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off, Vanderbeek! <laughs> it's Mike, signing off for serious. And this is Tony. Um, I'm just looking forward to the reboot where Grumpy Bear from Care Bears mauls a family of six in the woods, screaming, Fuck your tent! You don't know, man. The Care Bear Stare is a WMD that needs to be put down. <laughs> it is time to get really, really, really serious. No time for toys. No time for food. There's no time to be oh. in a good mood. Serious eyes in a serious nose. Serious faces in a serious pose. It is time to say something if you're not gonna help, then get out of the way! I work alone. You'll only slow me down. I'm saying the one-liners like a real hero. There is good and there is evil. And the line between them is clear. It was funny that that Teen Titans Go episode came out this week, too. Yeah, yeah, because it, it, seems like, it seems like totally apt.